Welcome back to Life and the Stories Within It. Well, folks, we're back with another episode on this wonderful, wonderful day. We're here with Miss Trish Zenzak. Trish, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. It's a nice, bright, sunny day here in Minnesota, which is kind of a change from the weather we've been getting. So, oh, wow. Why don't yes. we just go ahead and dive right into it today? We'll get right into your story. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Trish, and I am an entrepreneur, a previous teacher, and I am a woman of faith and really uh, long to be able to share my story with other people. I'm a mom of three, previous foster mom. I say three, one's my grandchild. Um, And it's all of those relationships are through foster and adoption. And then, of course, I've got three fur babies that I have to mention, too. Awesome. Okay. What are the fur babies' names? I do have to ask. I'm I'm a pet lover, so. Uh, I have Rocky, who's sitting here next to me. He's my, I call him my little Pokemon. And then I have Jasmine, who's an older... um, Sean Poodle Mix, and then I have a kitty cat who's jet black and as loving as they can be. Awesome. Okay, so why don't we get a little bit of um, kind of like, let's start your story. Let's start from the beginning on okay. what kind of inspired you to get into where you're at today and being an entrepreneur and kind of what inspired you to become a teacher. Uh, well, basically in my life, I've had, I grew up in, as many have, in a lot of dysfunction and abuse and different crazy background, generationally speaking. And it was when I was about nine or 10, someone found um, us and encouraged us to encourage my parents, I guess, really to allow us to go and live with other families because my family wasn't doing very well. I didn't know it at the time, um, but there was a, you know, didn't know what it was called, but there was a lot of abuse going on and a lot of, um, physical and sexual abuse. And so fast forward, um, after several foster families, after a lot of craziness and where we were moved around, we might, we, my brother and I, we were about nine at the time, ended up in some group homes that happened to be Christian based. And there, I feel like we lived for about four and a half to five years. And some of my basic foundations came from there where I met some of my greatest mentors. I found my love. Um, with Christ, I, you know, really just got some good seeds planted and some roots that took me back to where I am now. Later, I ended up being returned home into the same abuse and um, dysfunction. I ended up quitting high school and moving out at the age of 16. Luckily, through another mentor, I was able to be guided back into high school which then uh, my grades improved and I did, I somehow managed, I sometimes even look at it today, I managed to graduate in the top 5% of my class, earning some scholarships to college. Had I not had the mentor who guided me, I probably wouldn't have known, but then I got myself through college working five jobs, all kinds of crazy jobs, and became a teacher. And it was through teaching when I developed a love for, um, I did some speaking in high school, but I developed a love for speech and debate and became a co- speech coach. So basically for 25 years, I've been coaching speech. And then I left teaching um, to kind of care for family, care for some ailing people, be a caregiver. We thought we were going to be moving. And it was during that time we fostered our kids. And I became a foster parent and turned around and started mentoring and falling in love with being an advocate for fostering. And I knew when COVID hit and I had a job from home that 
I wanted to do something different. And that's when I decided to go into taking my speech coaching online and helping people share their story to make an impact and build businesses around being able to share their story and connect with audiences and help transform their lives. So that's it in a nutshell. There's a lot more to it, but there's that's the that's the gist of the story. Yeah, awesome. I think that is truly amazing. I mean, being able to go through all of that and come out. I mean, like I don't remember if you mentioned, but I do have my notes here. Um, like you graduated top of your class, being able to, I mean, work hard. You worked multiple different jobs, crazy jobs, I, um, and be able to graduate and have a successful career. I mean, what drew you to? Like what drew you to speech and debate? Like for example, like I I know we mentioned in our little meet and greet, I was a, I, would, I was a speechy for a year, and I mean I've always um, been one of those individuals that can get up and talk. And for, I've always done public. I mean, public speaking has come easily to me being able to get up, whether it be in church, whether it be just impromptu in front of groups to make some sort of impromptu announcement, speech, whatever. What what drew you to public speaking and speech and debate in particular? I think early on when I was going back to when I was in the children's home, we had this opportunity to go around to different churches and sing. And when the children's home would go into the churches and sing, occasionally they would call people up to give their testimony. And on the few occasions when I was able to share, I guess there was just something that was lit inside of me. So then fast forward to high school, I was in a work experience club so that I could work and go to school at the same time. And they had competitive opportunities for me to be able to speak. And I entered a contest, or I should say my teacher entered me into a contest, and I just embraced it. So then when I got into um, college, I majored in communications with that love, thinking I was going to work at a TV station, which I was working at part-time. And so I thought I was going to be a news reporter until I started working on the inside and realizing just how hard they work. And so I think when I graduated from college, I naturally just gravitated to the public speaking classes. I naturally gravitated towards, you know, the argumentation and debate and phonetics and things like that. And so when I became a teacher, there was another gentleman who I didn't know anything really about the competitive world at that point, but he introduced me to it and I fell in love with it. I was like, this is right up my alley. And so I began... um, taking on the speech classes for the school, taking on the drama classes, and then entering the competitive world. And it just grew from there. And my kids became nationally recognized and I fell in love with the tournament circuit and it was just a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, I am a sucker for competition myself. So I mean, I'm (laughs) kind of competitive to those of you that are listening and know me personally. It's one of those things that I like to have a good time and like to compete with one another, even if it's just like impromptu, like, yeah, we're going to race down the alleyway or something like that. I mean, so <laughs> I like it, but, um, why don't we talk It's shift focus a little bit and talk about what you're doing now, like business wise and how you're, I would call it assisting and like enabling and helping people, uh, I mean, coaching them in order to share their story. I mean, you're, you and I are similar a little bit when we get to in that aspect that, I mean, I'm not coaching people, but I'm more or less just interviewing them and having that conversation with them and talking to them. Or you're actually getting a little bit more involved in uh, doing the same thing and helping share their, helping them share their own stories. So why don't you go ahead and tell us about that? Yes, absolutely. Um, I have come to realize, and just speaking from the faith side of where I am, that you know, even though the background that I've had has you know really changed and transformed my life in a way that I I honestly feel that God you know, is using my story for good. 
And when I realized how much people relate to stories and how much people, they make an impact, I just began to be drawn to the idea of, you know, people can take a stage, people can go to the podcast, people can share their Me Too moments. And that's where people typically relate. That's when people are gravitating towards their tribe, if you will, or their village or the, you know, and so on. And so I saw this connection about, you know, speakers being able to speak about what they do in business, being able to help and change the world. And I knew that there was something more that I can do. And it was one time when I was sitting in church and I, you know, we all pray the Lord's prayer that says, and there's one line in it that gave me the chills. And it said, um, that kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And having been with my background, having been in different uh, religious settings, I knew I got all these different things in my mind of what the afterlife might look like. And one of them is a paradise on earth. And I just had this realization that at some point, you know, we've got to do our work to prepare for that kingdom and that um, life on earth. And what better way to do that than to have people share their stories of triumphs, share their stories of transformation. And then some people who want to write books about it, I work with authors, coaches, and speakers who really have a way of impacting and making better for this world. And many of them are in business already or finding ways to do it. So I help them incorporate their story with their business, derive their content in a way that can also engage people and make a difference and help them sell their products through it and build a business around it. Awesome. I like it. I like it a lot. So thank you. how do you think your experiences in particular, like growing up, like you said, uh, like the drama, trauma and dysfunction, how do you think that kind of prepared you for today? If that makes sense. I believe that it, first of all, it's made me a stronger person. Uh, it's helped me. I believe that all of us as humans have this awareness in life in general, that we are, um, we're in a broken situation. Sometimes it feels helpless and hopeless. And it's not that we get those thoughts. It's not that that stuff comes our way, but for me, it's been about learning how to, okay, I've got this thought or, okay, I've, I'm being hit with this drama or this trauma that's happening. What's the best way that I can deal with it using the tools and resources that I've gone through in my health. So it's important. I think, especially in my world, it's, it's helped me help others be able to use tools for adaptation, use tools to move through something to survive, not just survive, but to thrive and um, be a stronger person through it. And take, it's about the perspective. It's about this, um, the different lens at which we look at through it and also be able to work with almost any kind of person because seeing a person where they are and, and what they're going on helps reduce that drama, that drama that comes out of the chaos that I've lived all my life. I can easily resort back to, you know, stirring up a bunch of stuff and I don't like to do that. So it's important for me to take that and use the tools that I've done. So getting it to this day, it's basically, it's helped me become a stronger person that um, stands out and wants to shine by sharing. Yeah. And I like how you mentioned, like you said the word tools and that kind of made me think is like, that's, that's honestly what they are. I mean, yes. like for example, like you mentioned, you're using that to your ability. I mean, we look at multiple different things, whether it be past, I mean, past experiences, whether it looks, we look at um, disabilities or anything we can use. 
it's all about perspective. And like you said, we can use those tools to better not only ourselves, but use those tools to help better everybody else. Like I want to think of one person individual, like one person in particular is like Justin Osmond. I am a huge fan of him and the work he does. And he, are you, I don't know if you're familiar with Justin, uh, Justin, he's, um, a part of the, like the Osmond family, like, uh, big singers, everything like that, but he was born deaf and everything. Like he was born deaf. And my twin sister, um, was also born with hearing loss and she had the opportunity to meet Justin and actually go, um, onto, we live in Minnesota. So it'd be like the twin, she they would, as at target field, I think it was, it was the new, it was the new field, um, and signed the national anthem with mm. Justin and a few other uh, individuals. And it makes me think of him. He's deaf. I mean, he learned how to, um, kind of participate in the family, like, like his family functions of singing and everything and playing music and everything like that. But he now is like a motivational speaker and he goes around and speaks to all these different groups about how he, I mean, the struggles he had growing up, growing in this, growing up into the Osmond family mm-hmm. and having hearing loss, but then what he's done after that. And I think that's in a good, a great example of uh, being able to use the tools that you have or the experiences and everything like that you have as tools and use them to better yourself off. So that just something that resonated well with me when you had said that. So I, I liked it. So. Thank you. And I also use these tools too in parenting. I mean, I know, I don't know how many other parents out there (laughs) that, you know, the drama and trauma follows us and the way we were parented, we parent our kids and it's helped me look at my attachment style. It's helped me look at, you know, so much. And so I think if, if I'm willing to learn from what I've done and grow and consistently work on self-development, it makes me a stronger person. It's also made me a stronger parent. So, I mean, there's so many avenues in which it helps me, but yes, I love it that, you know, I didn't even know about the other Osmond that you're speaking about. So that's pretty cool to kind of put that connection together and how he's used his tools to overcome that. Yeah. It, I just, that's one of my personal, like, I just love, I follow him on Facebook and everything. And I always try and Hmm. follow his videos because he's always, I mean, up and cheery. He always seems to have a great outlook on life and it all it goes into the perception like you said it's a lens that we look through and i have my mm. water bottle sitting here and i mean it's a little less than half full but it i always think of the phrase you can either look at it and it's a glass half full or if it's glass mm-hmm. half empty it's all about how you look at life mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. talking i know you mentioned earlier about your um foster home at going mm-hmm. through foster homes and then also fostering your children um and that you are kind of adv- like you're advocating for the foster home system and everything like that. How, what are you doing in that aspect for uh, working with that? Well, currently I do some part-time work with an agency here in town called speak up for kids. And I'm the director of student engagement. And I kind of look at it as like a, even though it's a little bit paid, it's still a voluntary act of uh, trying to get students in our community to do advocacy and awareness projects on behalf of the children here in the County. Um, So basically, as a previous teacher, I love it because I'm able to take students who want to do their community service hours for foster kids and help them dream up ideas to give opportunities to the kids that are in foster care. So, for example, one of the programs that got started here in Beach County in in Florida is music lessons. We had a group of kids at a high school who are band kids and they love music and they found a community in it. And so what they wanted to do was share that with kids who might not have opportunities to take music or 
the foster families may not be able to pay for it or whatever. So they give these kids virtual music lessons um, to help them learn an instrument and they teach them piano, uh, flute, clarinet, you know, different instruments like that. And it's all student driven, all student done. And that's just one of the many products, you know, projects that we've been doing. So I kind of oversee that and help with that. And I'm just always really, I'm for also the people who work on the front lines of foster care. I love advocacy in that area of really working. It's a big burnout you know, for people who work every day going and dealing with such tough subjects and having to deal with them. I love motivating and encouraging them. I love when I think about the people who raised me, um, I'm in the process of actually mentally right now working on a book that um, really talks about the people in my life who touched me. And I have a real respect for those who sacrifice and give their lives for the children that are in these situations. And it really just drives me to know that there are adults out there that want to empower these kids and they don't even know them. They love them enough to sacrifice their life, give up time, accept low pay and just be in a place of service for children who, you know, have brokenness in their situation. And it's not any fault of their own, but the choices that their parents have made. And so those are the two big areas for me that I really love being able to promote and help people with and, and just encourage people to continue doing that kind of work. Yeah. And I know you mentioned like low pay and everything. And that one thing that I always try and think of is that at the end of the day, like we can have all the, like you can have a bunch of money, you can have all these material things, but at the end of the day, when you're laying in bed or anything like that, kind of, I do like a little wind down thing. I like to recap the day and think about what I'm doing tomorrow and think about what I could do different throughout the day. We have to think about, yeah, we have all this material stuff. We have all this money, but what are like, what do we feel as individuals? Are we feeling like we're doing something good in our society? Like these people are, like you said, are they're sacrificing time. They're sacrificing mm-hmm. money to, in order to do something good. Mm-hmm. We can see that in many different ways. And, but that brings those people so much joy at the end. Yes. Because, and that's how I feel. I mean, working in EMS, I mean, it is it the high, the highest paying profession. No, it's not the highest paying for profession, but I love the work we do because mm-hmm. at the end of the, I'm going out being able to help people. And that's, it's brings me, it brings me joy and it be able to, even if we do see some not so nice things at the end of the day, you think of, okay, I did my best. I, I was able to provide a, a necessity or a necessary service to the, these people. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and I Absolutely. just think that we can all take a little bit from that and mm-hmm. kind of reflect a little bit, have a little bit of personal reflection and think about, okay, am I doing something good? Am I, am I enjoying what I'm doing? Yes. Mm-hmm. Am I making money doing it? Great. If you love what you're doing, you're making a bunch of money doing it. Great. But at the same time, I think we, so we get so focused around the financial aspect aspect about it that we forget to think about us as human beings and what is actually, what are we doing that's actually bringing us joy and what's good, what's good for those around us? Yes, so, yes. Well, I think we're about at that time where we should start wrapping things up. So, okay. Trish, I am so grateful that we were able to have you on the show today. And I am absolutely astonished by your story. And I'm so grateful for the work you do. It is absolutely amazing. And I'm very glad you were strong yeah, with you. your faith. Um, I am a man of faith myself. And I think it is a useful tool for people that believe in it and have their own faith. It's something that 
we can all rely on as kind of a comfort and something that we can all fall back on and look to for guidance at times. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad you brought that up and experienced that. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about with our viewers before we sign off for today? I just want to encourage anybody that might be listening to this for different stories. I believe in my heart that we are made up of all of our choices, not just things in our past that, you know, we're hurtful. And if you've got a story inside of you to tell, I would encourage you to find the way to dig deep, find the aspects of that story that are helpful to others and get the right motive behind helping and serving and open up to a heart of service and just take that leap. Even if speaking scares the daylights out of you, just think about how in the world you could do it because there's other ways of sharing the story via interviews, via speaking, podcasts. There's just so many different ways to do it. It doesn't mean you have to stand on stage to do it. So if you're thinking about your story and wondering, could I even share my story? Is there a way to do that? I would encourage you to figure out a way. Yeah. And there was one, I can't remember if I was at a conference or what, if I was watching something, but there was one thing that like, figure out your why. I think mm-hmm. that goes very well with that. I mean, because in pretty much simple terms is figure out your why, why are we doing this? Like, mm-hmm. like we figured out your why as to why you're in your coaching business, why you are mm-hmm. so active in the foster care community in your area and everything like that, why you got into teaching. And we know the why of why I'm doing this with the podcast. I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of it, I always like my key phrase is to spread positivity, hope, and determination. I mean, we mm-hmm. figure out your why, and I'm so glad that you brought up being able to not just, I mean, the alternative, some of the alternative ways to be able to spread your story, social media, it is good. I mean, we see the bad of it. We see the good of it. And this is one aspect that it's okay. If you aren't okay with getting up and speaking in front of a bunch of people to use the tools that you have, use your social media, use your notebook, whatever you need to do, write a letter mm-hmm. to the editor and stay anonymous if you don't want your name out there. But mm-hmm. share your stories. I like, for example, I'm always open to hearing more and more stories. Um, if you would like to share your story and with me, and I can either share it privately or we can look at talking about an interview, go ahead and email me at lifetswi at gmail.com. Um, this is a tool for you as an individual to help share your story of positivity and hope and determination because at the end of the day, we all have to stick together and we all have to look at the positives here in our life. I mean, we're, Mm-hmm. With everything going on in today's world, it it gets scary and it gets negative in a ha- fast hurry. So I'm glad that you were able yeah, to yeah heartbeat right yeah I'm glad you were able to come on the show today and share your story and help spread that positivity and remember folks to spread the positivity, spread the hope and determination. We're in it to win it with Miss Trish Zenzak today. Trish, I am so grateful for you to come on the show. So thank you, Trish. Thank you.